Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Good morning, good evening, good night, good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. And I'm Andrew. And welcome to the first weekly episode yeah. of Waveform. Are you going to do that intro verbatim every single... Uh, probably not. Because you already forgot it? Yeah, I already forgot it. But <laughs> okay. we'll, figure out a, we'll figure out a good intro. I think we're uh, still a year in it's looking a goal, for a good intro. Goal. Over yeah. a year in, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we got a lot, of, well, a lot to talk about like right off the bat... You know, CES moves digital, but is still a lot of stuff. We've got Samsung's event happening right near at the beginning of January now. It's going to be January, I think it's 14th now. So that's believe, way yeah. earlier than it usually is. So we got a lot of stuff right off the bat to talk about. But the meat of this, the part I'm excited for, is we're going to try to predict the smartphone yeah. awards for 2021. Think of the majority of this episode is like we are looking forward to 2021 in like a smartphone. We're going to go over a couple of rumors and then Marquez and I are going to try and yeah, yeah. figure out what 2021 is going to look like based on probably a lot of really poor predictions. Yeah, you know, we, you, we'll, we'll rub our crystal ball and we'll see if we can make any predictions. And basically over the course of the year, you can come back to this and point and laugh at yeah, how right. wrong we are. But, you know, some of the stuff might come true. We'll see. Uh, first of all, how was your holiday? You doing anything fun? Um I mean, I did. It was safe. I don't know if that's the same as fun, but that qualifies. Yeah. Oh, I I cut a huge part of my finger off Christmas Day oh, cooking. Right. So that's fun, I guess. Um, other than that, yeah, just saw some people. You on guys Zoom should, and you should be happy. This isn't a visual a, a video <laughs> podcast yet, because if we could show you that picture, I it would be it was pretty crazy. You Sorry. cut a lot of your finger Sorry. off. Bro. Yeah. Um, how was yours? I hope all your fingers are intact. Yeah, I, I still have all my fingers, so I'm, I'm pretty happy. I had a couple of virtual holidays. Yeah. You know, we had we we kind of separated it. We had like the group FaceTime of like four people, like mm -hmm. the immediate family, and then we had like the other Zoom call of like thirty. 
So it was like a absolute chaos. Uh, it was actually surprisingly well maintained. We had one of my aunts who's like in her sixties, like putting everyone on mute and like unmuting people one by one to really? see how we're doing. Yeah, it was kind of good. Is she a teacher by any chance? I don't know. She could teach teachers how to do that right now. There, it's it's a Clea Claire has to do stuff like that. <laughs> it's not fun. So kudos to her. She's yeah. She's the hero. So it was a fun time. We had a virtual holiday. That's awesome. So uh, what I, I'm reading, oh, okay. I'm reading the podcast notes right off the top. I've had a crazy full day shooting retro tech, Very so I haven't day. seen any headlines. And now you dropped this bomb on me. <laughs> what is this? Okay, I'm gonna start it off. Yeah, you were busy, and I read this, and I was like, I really hope Marquez doesn't get enough time at his computer to read this, and we can just talk about it on the podcast. But all right, I, I, I forget who this is from. Um, oh, Inside EVs. Did an article today called Porsche Taycan Beats Electric Cross-Country Cannonball Record. Okay, do you know what the cannonball is? That is actually the one thing I wasn't totally sure. I just assumed it's some okay. sort of race across the, the country. So it's a pretty niche thing that I sort of dove into a YouTube rabbit hole of once, so I know way too much about it. Okay, It's people driving heavily modified cars mm -hmm. from a spot specifically, I think in New York, to a spot in California. And all their goal is, is to log the shortest possible yeah. time. And when I say that's all of their goal, that is the only goal. Didn't, does, doesn't does Mouse do this or used to do it? Uh, he might that why he made the Ferrari? I don't know if it was a cannonball thing or if it was just like another car run or car okay. show type of thing. But yeah, the cannonball run is literally like, so people, so I've watched these videos and people like they have, uh, <laughs> radar detectors mm -hmm. they have a lot of they have like two passengers that alternate sleeping and driving and i think the winner had the entire back seat of their four-door filled as a gas tank oh. and a huge gas pump so they had like 60 gallons of gas that so they sounds, didn't have to uh, stop that sounds highly illegal <laughs> yeah so it is a very highly illegal high speed run uh i don't recommend trying it yeah i think is... that's the first thing i have in the notes is like <laughs> i don't think we can recommend anyone tries to replicate any of this because there is a lot of speeding involved and for context it's usually something like 30 hours to go across the country in one of these cars um so they're averaging well over 100 miles an hour for the entire trip and now there's an electric version mm -hmm. of the cannonball record now an electric version involves charging. That's what I think is really interesting about this. So the fact that so much of it has to do with like speeding and breaking the law, it's really hard to take this as like scientific evidence of anything because, you know, maybe you just zipped across and you didn't even think you were going to come past a cop. So you were max speed the whole time. Yeah. Um, what it is interesting is though, the previous uh, record was held by a Model 3, actually by the same driver, too. So that is kind of neat that we don't have as much of a variable here. Mm -hmm. um, but the big thing this tests is the charging network because, obviously, Tesla can use Tesla superchargers, and we always talk about how yep. superchargers are a huge part of potentially buying a, a Tesla over a different EV, and they had to use Electrify America the whole time. And, and they did it? They shaved three hours off of the time. Whoa. So... One thing that they did mention, um, which I think was super interesting, is that the driver focused all of his efficiency and all of his planning on making sure his charging times were at peak charging. So he almost never charged over 60%, so he was getting the fastest charging possible. Okay. Um, so that's potentially something he did not do in the Model 3. Okay. Um, there, there wasn't a whole lot in the article, but that, that could have played a huge role in it. One thing they did mention is there was a software bug, so... The Taken only hit over 250 kilowatt hour charging once. 
right. despite it claiming it can get up to 270, I think, is there. Sounds like Electrify America, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but they did it, and they shaved three hours off, so I don't know if he mapped it perfectly, or like That's... Electrify America's got a really sick straight line, or maybe Electrify America's just bigger than we all think. No, I think, I think it's a combination of a bunch of things. So when I hear this, so the time was 45 hours and 16 minutes, by mm-hmm. the way, for context. When I see this, like, the more I went down this YouTube rabbit hole, the more I had, like, ex- understood various elements of a cannonball yeah, run yeah. that makes it successful. You can have... The, the winning car isn't, like, some crazy high horsepower, like, Bugatti or something like that. It's a car that is relatively efficient and stable and can hold high speeds for a long time. So yeah. 0 to 60 doesn't really matter in Cannonball. It's how long do you sit at 140 and burn through yeah. gas. And so... Taycan, you know, they're, it's it's a fast car, but, you know, Model 3 and Model S, they're all pretty inefficient at high speed. So what this is really going to come down to is how well-planned is your charging. It's like the nerdiest version of a cannonball run. Yeah, it's and very you, different. I'm, I'm guessing they had a perfect run of, like, arriving at your charger with, like, mm-hmm. 7% battery, charging as fast as you can from low state of charge, getting to 60, rocketing off to the next charger. And just doing that a bunch of times until you made it. So what I did find interesting, though, is that because of... I don't know when he beat the record in the Model 3, but they did mention that the average temperature was like 37 degrees or something. So a lot of this run is very cold, uh, which yeah, means the less efficiency on the battery. That's so true, but when you're going fast, the battery's warmed up already. I think that's actually good for the battery. <laughs> if you're going really fast and the outside yeah, air is cooling probably, you down... It's only 40... It's less than two days... Yeah, still, huh. I'm impressed. I also, I'm not sure if uh, what kind of thermal throttling you end up with doing high speeds for 40 hours. Yeah, straight. it would be really cool if somehow, I mean, not that either of these companies would ever condone doing either, no. doing this run at all, but like to actually have some really in-depth statistics based on how these cars handled in that process um, would yeah. be super interesting to watch. Um, but yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. That and, is really uh, cool. I'm going to check that. We'll, we'll have the article in the show notes, and maybe there's like some sort of watt hour per mile number. Probably there's not, not much in the article. Okay. Uh, well, I'll watch. There's a YouTube video in there that you can check out. It's a Taycan 4S, too, which is impressive. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it wouldn't be a waveform podcast if we didn't talk about Tesla a little bit. So I'm glad we got that in there. Yeah. Uh, smartphone rumors? Let's go. I mean, there's already some stuff, some stuff brewing. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about OnePlus a little bit because they always have an early year flagship and an end of year flagship. Mm-hmm. I think we're expecting like April or May would yes. be like OnePlus 9, OnePlus 9 Pro. Is I'm it- working on a video at the moment about OnePlus. And without spoiling too much, I mean, you guys already knew this from the smartphone awards, but I'm still using a OnePlus 8 Pro from last year. Mm-hmm. And I love the thing. I don't really see any massive upgrades or changes that I would want other than a flat screen. I don't know if the OnePlus 9 or 9 Pro will have a flat screen, but I'm curious what the rumors are for the 9. There's not a whole ton, um, There's, but there is a couple things that I think are, are cool to think about and potentially interesting. Um, yep. We don't have a rumored price. Last year, what, the top model hit nine, $9.99? So like, for the higher end one? So yeah. it didn't Across a thousand dollars, but like mm. just seeing one price, one plus even being close to that is pretty pretty wild. Um, but there's some rumors this year that there could be a potential one plus nine light or one plus nine e version, which would be like a cheaper. And then on top of that, they also have the Nord, which is like focusing on budget options. So is this just potentially another year that one plus breaks a thousand dollars because they're not as worried about the the budget 
mid-tier option anymore. Man, this this funnels right into my video, which is like oh, OnePlus yeah. is making more phones than ever, which seem to the enthusiasts who's followed them like less focused than ever. But really, it's just hmm. a sort of a stratification where you look at Samsung on the other side of the aisle where they make 785,000 phones at all these different prices. That's a strategy, and that's a real thing. Yeah. So if you imagine OnePlus makes the OnePlus 9, the OnePlus 9T, the OnePlus 9 Pro, I don't know when E became the letter for the lower version. I think version. people are just throwing. I don't think the specific name is a rumor. I think it's oh. just a downgraded version of the like nine in the nine lineup. Okay, so but that's you still why have to fit light and E. Yeah. You have to fit that between the the Nord and the eight or the Nord and the nine. So that's another like little bump. Where the eight T, I already said was the awkward middle child. Yeah. It's just a very different look for OnePlus. Uh, it almost makes me wonder: Does OnePlus like? split up the year and just think of it in two different sections because like like you said the one plus eight t was a super super awkward price point yeah but they let it out anyways and, and like are they gonna attempt to do a cheaper version at the beginning of the year and then the eight t is their thing to go to in the second half of the year here's Which, my theory yeah. okay one plus is is trying harder than ever to break into the u.s market mm -hmm. and fun fact about the u.s market for you guys who aren't here 90% of smartphones bought in the U.S. are bought from carriers. And so if you're going to sell a lot of phones in the U.S., you need and that 90%, that's not an, that's not an exaggeration. Literally 90% oh, yeah. of phones are bought from carriers. So you need to get your phone in front of people who don't shop online. You need to get your phone in stores. And so you need to work with carriers to get your phone sold like this. And uh, carriers have their priorities on what they want to sell. They want to sell 5G phones because they have mm -hmm. these 5G plans. They want to sell certain phones. So you need to work with a carrier and make what they want to sell. So here's OnePlus coming along with seven different phones, and hopefully some of them fit into the carrier slots and they show up in front of eyeballs, and somebody walks in and they go, I have $450 to spend on a phone. What do you sell? And they'll have a OnePlus phone, and that's the bottom line. So that's kind of the way I see it. I don't know if it's less mm. focused or if it's just more trying in this market. I feel like if... If I were to take the argument of the like diehard OnePlus fan who's been there from the beginning, I could see them being worried about it becoming less focused, more focused on market share and, you know, market strategy, less focused on what they like kind of built themselves up as, which is like a phone for the people, a phone for the enthusiast, uh, a cheaper way to get top of the line mm -hmm. kind of stuff like that. So like I, I could see how the average or not the average OnePlus fan, but like the enthusiast from the beginning OnePlus fan could be worried at least about them losing focus on what, what they think the company stands for, especially with Carl leaving too. Yeah. Like I bet that worries quite a few people. It also just looks, I think the word focus comes to mind because a company like OnePlus who started with one phone per yeah. year put everything into that phone. And so this whole campaign behind it would be like we're going, we're setting out to make this better thing. We're pouring everything into it, and the final result will be something the other companies couldn't achieve because they're too busy making a thousand phones for a thousand prices. And now, when you turn into the company that makes a thousand phones for a thousand prices, it doesn't just seem it doesn't seem real reasonable for you to still be pandering <laughs> to <laughs> yeah. that same audience who loves your flagship killer from eight years ago. I think that's interesting though because we almost like see examples of that in last year where you stuck with the OnePlus 8 Pro you used the OnePlus 8T for a while and there were parts of it you liked over the OnePlus 8 Good Pro yeah. but you liked the OnePlus 8 Pro better so like flatter screen you like you would have taken parts from both of them and combined them and 
probably could have been your phone of the year. Yeah, yeah. But they're like splitting it between different things and it's right. It's interesting. It's not just a straight up this is the best, this is the next. Yeah, I don't the bottom line is I don't think there is any going back for OnePlus. I don't think there's any going back oh, yeah. to one phone a year for them. Yeah, I don't think I so. I think either. there's someone some other brand is going to fill in that same those same shoes. Maybe it's it's not even the Pocophone. They make five no, already. Yeah. It's going to be someone else who does the same thing and sets the same trap and probably either sees the same growth or disappears. So you're so you're saying like a successful essential. <laughs> well, <laughs> that would be nice. Uh well, yeah, basically. I mean, basically, you either die a hero, essential, or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Let's not call essential the the hero. No, essential, (laughs) the phone itself. Okay. okay. Call the phone itself the hero. Deal, deal. Yeah. Um, Okay. Through all of that, we didn't say anything about any of the rumors, so let's just quick what we see. Okay. Um, There's renders of it out because we think that people found a... uh, what do they call it? Not a dummy version, but like a... A prototype? Yeah, or like it has a fake logo on the back so they can test it without it being seen, Sure, obviously, as OnePlus. Um, and it looks quite a bit different from the 8. It's got its pretty standard left, like top left camera bump, but I do think they made it a little smaller. I actually think it looks really clean on the back. There's a white version out there, and I'll, I'll link in the show notes, but very clean back, OnePlus logo, a kind of rectangular... Uh, camera bump that i it does feel like it's smaller than it it looks like they're recognizing that camera bumps are getting way too big i'm looking at it right now and it looks like a samsung phone yeah like which is funny because we're going to talk about what samsung phones are going to look like this year and it's different but so it looks like a it looks like a 2020 samsung phone with the the cameras in the corner the big it looks like if you took the s20 version and like took the right side of the camera bump and brought it in like 20 or 30%. Um, hmm. But that's pretty much front side, I believe, off of what I remember is just a uh, you know, thin bezels, hole punch right in the middle. Am I Hole punch on the corner, I think. Hole punch on the corner. I'm mixing phones up, I think. But uh, yeah, we don't know too much. Uh, other than that, specs, it looks like it's going to have the 888, which I have a question. Are you going to call it the Snapdragon 888-888-888? What are you going to call it for the rest of the year? That's a that's a mouthful. That's funny. I actually haven't said it out loud yet. Yeah. Um, 888. That's annoying to say. 888. Snapdragon 888. Let's call it 888. Sure. Let's, I like that. Us first. I don't think anyone else. Well, someone probably does. Someone's but probably if you're listening, it. just tell them we said it first. It's a it's a five nanometer chip, so I'm excited to see how much better the performance and efficiency can be on a five nanometer chip. But I'm looking forward to triple eight. Oh, I have a question. Yeah. How do you feel about these? I'm still working on getting my hands on it, but about the under display selfie camera. Oh, I saw like the rumors. Of, there's like a Vivo out, right? I think it's a ZTE phone. ZTE. Working on getting it in a video, but oh, yeah, the trade off yeah. right now is technically yes, the camera is under the glass and you can't see it. Mm-hmm. But you also kind of can see it in this weird, like, pixelated dot matrix in the top with this little rectangle. And the selfie camera quality is significantly worse. It's foggier. They need a defogging algorithm to work on the picture. Oh. Are you willing to trade that yet, or do you think you're going to wait for, like, Gen 3, 4? I, would, I mean, I wouldn't want to trade that. I appreciate decent selfie quality. Like, I would be all for... There's so many people out there who are like, I don't need a selfie camera. I don't need blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't know. I enjoy having memories of me 
in places and I'm totally okay with that to admit that I take a lot of selfies. So I, uh, I was a person in the past who was like, I don't think I even need a selfie camera. You could take the selfie camera out of my phone and it would be fine. So mm-hmm. like the motorized ones didn't bother me. And then I look back and I'm like, I actually weirdly do actually use the selfie camera a lot. Maybe it's because 2020 is just a lot of video calls, but hey, yeah, selfie camera is pretty important. I think not including video calls, you just like, maybe I'm not posting a million selfies. And like, I think people see, hear the term selfie and just think like, oh, my Instagram page is full of selfies because I'm full of myself and they don't want people to think that. But like, I have so many pictures that I've taken out on hikes or at like restaurants or stuff like that of me and my wife in a selfie that I'm not sharing with people. I just like to hold on to because it's it was a fun memory and selfie makes that easier. That's why I want Pixel to bring back the ultra wide selfie because that was like one of my favorite features on a phone yeah. in a long time. That was very useful. Yeah. I miss that. I do I do too. Somebody um, bring it back. Somebody want to win smartphone of the year early, bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> That's an easy you you might have just developed no, like no 20. promises. <laughs> no promises, obviously, but hey. If you want to be pretty high on the list, bring that back. Yeah. Um, last thing I have here for specs for the the OnePlus 9 or the OnePlus 9, 65-watt fast charging, 30-watt fast wireless charging, 4,500 milliamp hour battery, and one person is saying there's potentially IP68 only on the Pro model. Okay. So it's looking like cool. a flagship. Yeah. yeah. Again. What do you think priced? Over 100,000. Oh. 999 counts as under. And we'll say top model, not average, not base price. Oh, top model? Top model. Okay, I can see top model going over. I think base I is more interesting of a question because really? OnePlus 8 Pro started at $899 and then the upgraded model was $999. Can OnePlus sell a base model $1,000 phone? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think even Samsung, like with their high end ultra version of their flagship, yeah. has to come up with a cheaper option. They can't start. They're nice phones at a thousand. I agree with everything you said, and I am ready for OnePlus to do nine ninety nine base oh and ten ninety nine high end model. What what would that be like? Eight gig for base, probably twelve gig for uh, like the next stuff up. That's usually what they they've been doing the last couple yeah, of years. Yeah, sometimes it's twelve and sixteen, whatever. You, there's well, some leeway in there. If there's I a could... sixteen gig OnePlus nine Pro, it will. 100% be over $1,000. That I think is, is yeah. probably true. Yeah. But I'm, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that, that base price. Uh, all right. Let's take a quick break, come back, talk some more smartphone rumors, and then predict our awards. Cool. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right, $25 a month every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Support for the show comes from Anthropic. Companies of all sizes are exploring use cases for AI and finding that it's not a one-size-fits-all game. It's all about finding the right balance between speed and intelligence. Like if you're powering a customer chat experience, you need instant speed at low cost. If you're doing complex R&D or advanced analysis, you need frontier intelligence. 
Claude 3 from Anthropic offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Claude 3 Opus is their largest and most powerful model that can handle complex tasks and analysis. Sonnet strikes the balance between information and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and most cost-effective model that can execute lightweight actions fast. Anthropic is dedicated to building AI systems that are reliable, interpretable, and steerable. Their multidisciplinary team of researchers, engineers, policy experts, and business leaders designed Claude to elevate the field of generative AI. See for yourself. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. All right. Well, there's a there's one other phone that's got well, I say one other phone, but it's kind of a bunch of <laughs> one phones. other lineup. Yeah. Yeah. That uh that we're seeing some rumors floating around. Of course, we're about to find out all this stuff basically next week. But Galaxy S21 lineup, and by S21 lineup, I mean S21, S21 Plus, S21 Ultra. Now, I remember when I was going through the smartphone awards about bust of the year. I thought there weren't really that many massive like busts of the year in 2020. And then I watched Viper react to my smartphone awards and he brought up a really interesting point. Mm -hmm. Galaxy S20 Ultra was a potential bust oh. of the year because it's not it's not really a phone you can recommend anymore. The camera had so many issues. It uh, didn't really have any standout good features. Yeah, I think you expensive. could argue it was hard to recommend from the start, not just anymore. I mean, yeah. it was basically dead in the water the minute the note 20 ultra came out yeah um so a lot of a lot of releases after the ultra made the ultra look like a bad buy and so i think s21 ultra kind of does have a little bit of a redemption that it has to pull off it's just got to have a great camera system of course it'll be their highest end version i suspect it'll be well over a thousand dollars but uh that'll be interesting to keep an eye on but i think what's what's drawing a little more buzz right now is s21 and s21 plus what's going on with uh, with prices and with build. Yeah, I think, so I, there's like already leaked specs out that I'm sure are fairly close just based on what we've seen in the past. Um, mm -hmm. Samsung's, I mean, we're also really close to it. Almost any phone two weeks before it comes out, yeah. you know everything about it. So I, we're just gonna kind of skip over the exact specs because not quite as fun to listen to in audio format. And so let's just go over some of the changes we're seeing. Um, so I think the the biggest change we're seeing is the design and the photos we're seeing of the back of the phone are, are vastly different from before. And while it's not really that much different, it just looks entirely different. You've seen it, I'm guessing. So yeah, the rumors, they, it kind of looks like they just took a corner cut out for, for those cameras. Mm -hmm. uh, so it kind of looks as if you'd overlaid one phone over the corner of another. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Do you like it? It's different. It is different. I this is the first time I'm really excited to kind of hold it, get it in hand and see what it looks like. It's like if you took a rectangle camera bump, except the left and the top side are meshed in with the corner of the phone rather than having a spacing between it. Yeah. And it kind of like curves into it. They designed it so it looks actually, imagine if you took the fold one, turned it uh, portrait, and then imagined the cutout in the top of that as the the camera bump of the yeah. back of the S21. That That's shape. kind of what it looks like, a weird curve into it and then it's a rectangle. Yeah. There, there's really not that many ways to do a camera layout anymore. No. <laughs> They're used to, now, it, it, I think it actually used to be worse because you only had one camera and a flash and a mic. And so mm -hmm. there's, there's really very few ways to arrange yeah. one camera on the back of a phone. 
Now there's like, you could have two, you could have three, you could have four, you have a flash, you can have your mics, you can have a dual LED flash, you could have a periscope camera, you could have all kinds of other weird stuff. So there's a little bit more variety, but at the bottom, at the end of the day, it's just like, put them all on the back somewhere in a cluster near Mm -hmm. each other and hope it doesn't look terrible. Yeah, it looks fine. I think there's two ways of doing it is it can look really good. I think the square camera bumps on like Pixel and uh, iPhone look really good. Or my personal favorite way I think is the just the best use case is like how LG does it where it's horizontal along the back with almost no protrusion, just a little tiny bump so you're not scratching it up on the table, but it just feels like your phone's laying flat. Yeah, I, I think that's the best way. I don't think LG gets enough credit for how they designed that back. It might not, it looks super, super like. Looks like a robot. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't like stand out, which I guess is bad for marketing, but for a user, I think it's way better yeah. in that, that way. Every time I look at these designs, I always think, how would I do it if I designed a phone? And I think I would be the unique one now that OnePlus is stopping to do it. Uh, I would put it in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they don't do that anymore because you lose space in a weird way where you can, if you can cluster stuff like the in the internals, corner, yeah. then it's more efficient. I'm not sure, but I don't know. Either way, I like when the phone doesn't rock. So For sure. that's something you find in those. Yeah, I'm, I'm like very against the Note 20 Ultra camera bump. I thought that was ridiculous. That's and fair. That's rock central. Um, design, if you flip it over though, S21, S21 Plus look like they're going to have the 2.5D screen, similar to S20. Bravo, that's going to be great. But then S21 Ultra is probably going to have the curved edge display that I think all of us are getting pretty tired of. Um, But we'll, it's the S21 Ultra. Is is at this point, is that just, like you said, it didn't sell very well last year. Is this the, is this the marketing phone for them? It has the curved display, which looks amazing in marketing material. It's going to, going to have all the big specs to market it and people are going to go into their Verizon and say I love the new S21 oh it's that expensive oh wait this is also an S21 and it's right. cheaper that, that's basically the I think the thought process uh I and I think another wrench that gets thrown in all of this is the S Pen support we keep seeing that's potentially being added to uh-huh. the, the highest end phone where it goes well now I don't even need a note if I want like S Pen support I buy one of these and maybe I, I grab the pen I don't think it's that simple because you don't put the S Pen in the I mean, Galaxy I have a whole S. section to talk about that. Do you just want to talk about S Pen right now? Oh, okay. Well, yeah. yes. Uh, let me just say, I, I think the the purpose of a flagship, we definitely had this conversation before where it was like, sure. it's the, the boat at the front of your boats with the flag yep. on it. It's the one you walk in and you see, wow, Apple makes a $1,000 phone. That's incredible. But wait, I can get a phone that looks just like it from Apple for 700 bucks. Yeah. Let me get that one. Yeah, Samsung knows that strategy. So I think that's true. I think Samsung's dare I say this, getting close to the point of people just want an iPhone. I don't think people know the Galaxy S name, but I know people who generally used to say, I have an Android, who now say, I have a Samsung. So I think Samsung's getting a step closer in that name recognition when it comes to like the average citizen who's not a tech nerd. Whereas if it were LG or Motorola, I bet a lot of them are still probably saying, I have an Android. Yeah, I remember when it used to be the Droid. The Droid. That was the worst way to start an operating system by naming it the same thing and just confusing everybody. It was funny because Motorola had a a brand name phone called the Droid. Yeah, yeah, So if you called it the Droid, you were weirdly uh, confusing them. But now I think a lot of people call it the Galaxy, which is funny. My aunt has a Galaxy S8, I think. 
and we were uh, talking on a holiday FaceTime about when she's going to upgrade, and she said she might get the new one, which should be the S11, and I had to break it to her that they're on 21 now, <laughs> and that was a fun conversation. So Samsung, they, they matched it with the year. I get it, but, you know, naming is uh, naming has always been tough. That's, that's really funny. Um, okay, let's go into uh, S Pen support, though, because this has kind of been a super... People are really looking forward to this or not or wondering about this because there's rumors that the Note series is going to be stopped and like I think it's overblown to be honest. What isn't overblown in terms of <laughs> headlines not just in tech but in everything. But so, uh, so I think the the train of thought is oh wow, rumors or whatever internal code are pointing to Galaxy S21 Ultra supporting an S Pen, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to make a juicy headline out of that, it's like, well, Looks like you don't need a Note anymore. This will just be like the high-end Samsung phone. Maybe the Note is on its way out. They don't sell as well, whatever it is. I'm naming this this podcast episode End of Note 20. <laughs> but listen, Note but the, the other side of that is there's still no silo in the phone for the mm -hmm. S Pen. So that means a bunch of new questions arrive. One, how do you carry the S Pen? Do you have a uh, a separate pocket? I think you... the the rumor is that there is a case that holds it. Yeah. Do you ha yeah you have a case with an S Pen holder built in? Does everyone have to use that case? Is that sure. how you charge the S Pen? You probably need that case to charge the S Pen because it used to charge in the phone. That's a good question. How much does the S Pen cost in addition to the cost of the phone? Because you already got it with the Note Twenty Ultra, and now you have mm -hmm. twelve hundred, however many dollars the S Twenty One costs. You need to also buy the S Pen. How much do you really use it? Are the capabilities the same? I don't think it's as straightforward as just replacing the Note. I think it's just a nice bonus they could add. So I want to think hypothetically here, kind of as like what I would like to see in this. The, the issue I have right now is that the S Pen supports only, or at least rumored to only be with the S21 Ultra. People are saying right now that it doesn't seem like the S21 and the regular and the S21 Plus are going to have S Pen support, which kind of makes it feel like oh, this is a note replacement, but I, I'm not on board with that either. I, What I think is interesting and what I think they should do is if they're going to create an S Pen case, an S Pen support, make it available for every single phone in your lineup. And that way, if there are those people who are diehard stylist people, they can have a chance to buy a cheaper phone or something that they don't need to spend $1,400 on and can still get an S Pen. Those people who are working out in the field. But we want all their money, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they're going to start losing all their money when you have places like Motorola who are starting to have cheaper stylus supporting phones. Moto G stylus. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I think. I kind of don't hate that ploy of like uh, making the S Pen available everywhere mm -hmm. and then you fall in love with it and you find out that they make a $1,400 phone with the silo built into the phone and you're like, okay. oh, that's clean. I kind of want that one now. That could be a move. I but guess. honestly, I don't think, I, I really just think they just added it to the Ultra to justify the higher price. Like they'll just, they'll throw bells and whistles, like <laughs> exclusive software features, like just random stuff at the Ultra so that you really feel like you got your money's worth. Maybe you never buy that S Pen, but you just know you got the best phone. I think it's pretty simple, how but we'll much, see. How much do you think the S Pen case, if that's what happened, oh boy. is going to cost? Uh, I hope it's not more than like 70 bucks. Really? I hope it's... I think it's at least 99 Oh, wow. How Jeez. much is the... Uh, now, this isn't the same, but how much is the Velvet or the like V60 dual screen case? I think that was. I think it came with the phone. Actually, the I velvet was seven hundred, eight hundred bucks, and came with the dual screen with case. It. The V sixty, yeah. you could get a package with it. Yeah, I forgot the price for that. Okay, I mean it's obviously less than that, but 
I'm be- I'm guessing ninety nine bucks for for mm. the case. Interesting. That would be that would be a very expensive Samsung day. And we'll no, see. No part of me would be surprised by that. Um, right. Last little thing here. Last time we talked about charger not being included in the box was because there were some import papers from Brazil. Now there are also some papers or something importing for the UK that looks like it doesn't have it. So I think we're just pretty locked in here that oh, it's gone. this doesn't have a charger. Yeah, it's, which, gone. Uh, it's gone. Again, yeah. And Samsung won't be the first or the last to get rid of it. Oh, it's, it's no, happening. I bet at least three different companies get rid of it this year yeah. that are not Apple, that follow Apple suit. Yeah, let's see. Uh, I think, so Samsung gets rid of it in a flagship. I think there's rumors well, of one other already. Who? Xiaomi. Uh interesting yeah they have a bunch of fast charging tech but they do lean pretty hard into wireless charging so i could see that happening with one of their phones would OnePlus do it i was oh, just no. thinking how fu- there's no way they do it this year they would really that lose would some so some serious funny. street cred if they did that if wow there needs to be a smartphone man like some startup phone company that's ready to make a phone for the people for the year that OnePlus stops including a charger and they will make so much money just by people jumping ship. That that's a that would make it a strong contender for a bust of the year. Not but including the. We'll 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 come back <laughs> to that in a funny. second. It'll yeah. be very funny. Don't want to make too many negative predictions. Okay. All right, uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll predict our 2021 smartphone awards. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI Power Gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is going to change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization. I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution. Like you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. 
the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, welcome back to the Crystal Ball Podcast, where we predict the future of, of tech, which is, is the hardest thing to predict the future in, but also kind of the easiest, because you just look back a year. Yeah. <laughs> so... So the Smartphone Awards are, I mean, personally, maybe one of my favorite things to do on the channel. Every year, you know, smartphones come out left and right, all these great things, all these weird, quirky things, all these bad things. And sometimes you just kind of forget. And so to look back over the landscape at the end of every year on December 23rd, I think, for the last few years, huh. we, uh, we give some trophies out for the best and worst of a bunch of categories. There are nine awards for the Smartphone Awards. So now here in January, Andrew, mm-hmm. with absolutely no information about what's happening for the next 12 months, let's give out some smartphone awards. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to do it as early as possible. I'm, I'm already upset that there were rumors and it feels like it's kind of tainting what we could know. Like I wanted to do this as blind as possible. Put our blinders but on. But I still think it's, we can- It's, it's still pretty We early. can make some fun predictions. And I cannot wait until we go back to this in December and yeah. take a look at what we thought. So for those playing along at home, you can write down your own predictions if you want. Like I said, there's nine. Uh, right off the top, ready? Best big phone, best small phone, best camera, best budget phone, best battery, design award, most improved award, bust of the year, and MVP. Yeah, and I want to do a prediction, and I want, obviously, a reason yeah. for why we think that, which I think is going to be the more fun thing. What? What predictions are we going to, like, what changes are phones going to make that sure. we think might come in okay. that puts them over the top or at the bottom? Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. So uh, best big phone. Let's start off right off at the top. You might, if you write down your uh, your predictions and you tweet them at us, we will be able to fact check how many you got right in, de- in December in 12 months. So if somebody somehow gets all of these right and tweets it in January, I don't know. I'm, I'll, give you a, I'll give you the MVP phone. How about that? If you wow. predict all of the list and what our actual awards turn out to be and you tweeted at me in December but you better write it Wait, down and tweet, tweet it, it at you in December oh yeah tweet oh. it down tweet it in January but also when the awards come out wow. in December okay and you link me that tweet and you're correct about everything I got you cool tweet it at WVRFRM yeah and then retweet it at us if you get it right after the smartphone awards there it is all right best big phone what's it gonna be so I'm looking um, I'm looking at the best big phone from last year which I gave to a Xiaomi and I run her up to a note. What do you think is best big phone for 2021? They're all still kind of huge. They're all big. And it's hard not to think about foldables. And it's hard not to think about foldable. Mm. We keep seeing rumors of rolling and trifold, which are going to be huge. But they're going to be first generation. So I don't think they have a shot. Right? There's a bunch of ways this could go. There's... That's what I like about all these awards, yeah. though. There's like, there's not always one specific thing which kind of pigeonholes what 
who can win it every year. In the best um, big phone category, it could be a traditional big phone. Like it could be the Note 21 Ultra. Or the thing about foldables is it can be the best small phone or the best big phone because it opens up to be gigantic. Mm-hmm. Or it could just be like like the iPhone 13. Like they finally add like a bunch of good stuff that takes up a bunch of space. Like if they, they add Touch ID back under the glass. They finally add like that beautiful two megapixel macro we've all been waiting for. <laughs> they do a bunch of stuff, and you, know, and you just end up with a, a great big iPhone. Yeah. Um, hmm. Okay. Here's my here's a prediction. This is never going to happen. So I'm already kicking myself out of category for winning okay. this award show. Razer Phone Three is going to come out of nowhere. Whoa. And is going to be. Big, nice box, bezel-less, but still have stereo speakers. Still going to... Did it? Two had the headphone jack still, right? No, it didn't. Two got rid of it. Just kidding. I take back my entire... (laughs) I was thinking if there could be a headphone jack phone that really came out with everything. Mm. Huh. I'm going to just go ahead and give mine preemptively to the ROG Phone 4. My thought was if ROG Phone 4 can just somehow get like a B plus camera. Yep, basically. They could win. Like, yeah, pretty I think easily. so. I think if the and I think they probably will end up having at least a dual camera system like last year, maybe a third. Yeah, with a telephoto. And Zenfone Seven Pro was a good camera. Like Asus, you can't sleep on Asus's cameras. Take that, take that out, and put it in ROG Phone Four, and then slowly upgrade everything else like you've been doing. And yeah, wow, they'll probably have a Snapdragon Eight. Triple eight. They'll probably have some extra cooling in there to make it incredible. They'll probably have those gigantic speakers again. They'll probably have even faster, even bigger, better display. Uh, I think that's my that's my safe pick. ROG phone. I think that's a safe pick, yeah. All right, best compact phone. This one, uh, well, I mean, we have a couple perennial champs, but this one could also go one of maybe two ways, folding phone or iPhone. My first question is, do you think any company sees how well iphone mini did and replicates or do you think we're still another year away from that you know what's what's funny about the iphone 12 mini is i think it gave apple a reason to price hike their bigger phones by slotting in a mini phone at the normal price and i wouldn't be shocked if some other companies like maybe samsung kind of got the same idea where they slot in a mini phone which has flagship type spec but at the same price that they were previously selling, like a high-end high end phone. I just wonder if iPhone mini came out so late that the majority of phones coming out this year have already are pretty far into their development, and to add something after seeing how well it did, is it too early, and we probably won't see that till 2022? Yeah, I guess it would just depend on how long that phone's been in development since the iPhone came out right around the end of last year, the 12 mini. Um but yeah, I just I'm, I get pretty used to seeing a lot of companies sort of learn from what does well and and do it well the next year. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. That being said, for 2021, I'm gonna go ahead and ooh, will they make another mini? I think so. Yeah, for I sure. Think, I, th- I think I think iPhone 13 100%. mini is a probably pretty safe bet. I can't wait to see sales numbers because I still I said I think mini sells the most, and I still think that's a possibility. So I guess the only other way this could go is if there's a really good folding phone that folds its way down to be legitimately smaller than, you know, an iPhone and is worth it and delivers that flagship experience when it's open. Like if the Z Flip 2 is incredible. I, I like the Z Flip pick 
for best compact phone, but that's because the only other category I've thought of is uh, most improved. Mm. And I I like the Z Flip for the most improved. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to switch to that right now or... Uh... Uh, we'll get to it. Okay. I just... I, I Every time we do this, I have like thoughts about how we might adjust the whole show. And I think we might have to add a category mm-hmm. for best foldable. Just because I'm trying to give credit to these amazing foldables in their own unique way every year. Maybe it's in the build category. Maybe it's in the best small phone category. But maybe I just need a best like alternate, like a best alt. Best innovation? Be- uh, maybe. Yeah, or <laughs> maybe. like alternate form. Because big... we have swivels, we have we rollables, have swivels, we have yes. all kinds of other stuff. So maybe it's not just foldables. Folding, we only have two companies. Moto Three and companies Samsung and Royal. Royal, sure, <laughs> um, I guess. But... Yeah, that's an interesting thing. I mean, like, Designer World kind of covers that, but then you're also, no regular phone is ever going to get a chance at winning that. When some of them are designed extremely well, they just look the same. Right. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, it might be, <laughs> props to you if you predict this entire show and the new category and get that yeah, right. And that listen be... <laughs> to us, um, oh, the new category. Yeah, too. if you get the whole thing right, you got to have the new category, too. <laughs> No, yeah, that that's a that's a that could go either way, but compact phones are definitely appreciated. I like I like Z Flip because I went for it so hard this year to try and convince you to do it, and I agreed with your choice. But I think if the Z Flip could have a little bit better of a front screen to make it more usable in its compactness, the outside screen, yes, and yeah. if the battery could be better, I think it could easily win best compact phone. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll see. Keep an eye on that. Next up, best camera i'm gonna be perfectly honest i think this one's a lock i think it's iphone no questions i, I think it's a lock and that's just because i don't see now i i, ho- I really hope i get proved wrong mm-hmm. but i don't see even the close ones like samsung or lg getting that much better at video that they catch the iphone in one single year because it still comes down to apps still comes down to support still comes down to compression and all the stuff you do in the iPhone video world is just light years ahead of anything you see as 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 much as I hate to say it on like any Android phone. And that's why I carry an iPhone for for a large majority of the, the yeah. stuff I do. So I uh yeah. I think that's the easiest one to pick <laughs> yeah. out of all of them. I think that one's potentially a lock already. We'll see. Yeah. Let's just go to budget then, since okay. we're not gonna debate that very much. Budget uh, phone. All righty. Well, that's another interesting that's a category. Really hard one to pick. Because what budget phone could potentially just shoot up by $200 next year and maybe not be a budget phone? What What is your definition of budget? I think we've kind of, we've never set this in stone. Yeah. It's it's more, I don't want to say bang for your buck because you can have an $800 bang for your buck phone. And that's, I don't know if anyone would consider that a budget. Well, here's a, yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you, if, if you had an $800 phone, like the FE, that was literally just an incredible phone that matched every flagship spec. Would you give it budget phone of the year? No, I would give it, um, I would say it was worth my money. It was a good investment, not <laughs> a good budget. Phone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think budget. So we're inevitably going to get a bunch of budget phones during 2021. And the question will be what are they? Who mm-hmm. decides to make a budget phone? And what do they decide to make it good at? We think we'll probably get a new Pixel 5a version, like a 6a. We think we'll maybe get a new iPhone SE, maybe not. We think we'll get a bunch of new Moto Gs. 
we know we'll get a bunch of new Samsung A series and J series, and we'll probably get a bunch of stuff in between. Something by OnePlus, something yeah. but yeah, maybe a Nord. Yeah, we'll probably get something in the Nord family. We'll mm-hmm. probably get a bunch more stuff that we don't even see coming, that we don't expect. So it's really hard to predict a, a winner of, of budget phone of the year this early. So I, I think when I first read that Pocophone was kind of branching off and making this, was it M3, that last one they made? Yep. I was I would have right then said like, oh, they're going to have a lock on like a really good budget phone. And then we watched that phone quote unquote do its magic, aka um, swim in molasses. And I have a hard time believing that could do that again. Yeah. I really don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's going to be Nord. I just have a really hard time believing that the company that was is always one or two steps behind the flagship is just also going to be one or two steps behind the flagship cheap version of it. Like mm-hmm. the Nord is always going to be a little behind the the Pixel and the iPhone versions. Um, I could see. So I think the the easiest answer for each of these categories is going to be the next version of the one that just won. Mm-hmm. And so I think the easy pick is probably Pixel 6a, something like that. But would, well, I'm it would gonna... be Pixel 5a, right? Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, That's did I say confusing. 6a? I was mm-hmm. on Pixel 5. Okay, yeah, so we don't have a 5a yet. So yeah, Pixel 5a would be, I think, a safe pick. But uh, I'm going to go a little off the beaten path, and I'm going to say that Samsung will throw out a comparable like S21 level phone in the back half of the year for like 550. And I think it's going to stretch all of our imaginations about what a budget phone can be, but it's going to hmm. probably line up with their $900 phone and make us all consider it. So you think like a, like a fan edition but cheaper essentially? Yeah, something like that. I don't yeah. know what it's going to call. I'm just going off the beaten path just for fun. I think it's <laughs> probably still going to be <laughs> Pixel 5a or somewhere in there, but yeah. Real quick Two probably like biggest competitors would be iPhone SE and Pixel 5a. What would each of them have to do that could make that a lock, essentially? Okay, uh, good question. I think Pixel 5a has to address performance, so I think a higher-end chip, like a at least a 765G, but a newer version, okay. and maybe higher refresh rate, like 90 hertz, I think that would make me definitely give it over at least the current SE for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I would like to see iPhone SE move to the newer form factor. Because right now, Apple's just True. cranking out that iPhone 8 form factor with the home button. And it doesn't have a, a headphone jack, and it's fine. It's it's a fine phone for a lot of people. But if they really want to win me over, give me, like, I guess, like an iPhone 10 type of body and, like, a $500 price. True. Do you think um, Do you think there's any chance 5A goes down in price since we saw the price drop on the flagship? To create a larger gap between them? I think there's a chance. I don't know if I'd read into it too much. I think it was already this pretty great at 349. 349? Yeah. Oh, so it'd have to go down to like 299 to really if yeah. if Pixel 5a was essentially just like the next the steps we would all expect 4a to make, just like slight improvements on some of the specs, pretty much be almost the same body, but it was down to 299. Do you think that could lock it in? Yeah, two ninety nine would be amazing. Two ninety nine would be nuts. I think uh, I think it's more likely to go up to three ninety nine than down to two ninety nine, as it gets better and maybe has higher fresh. As you say that, I think it's going to stay right at three fifty. <laughs> now that I think about it, which would be fine. Yeah. That'd be fine. Okay. All right. Uh, best battery. It's hard not to think of ROG phone. I feel like 
RG phone just made its name as like a battery champ. Champ. And yeah. It's really hard to go against that. I think something that could come in is anything comparable. I, wasn't there something with 7,000 milliamp hours this year? There's a Samsung phone that launched out of this region, yeah. Okay. Which is crazy. But are we going to get that here? I think the way ROG gets dethroned, if, it, if it doesn't increase at all, something gets to its level and then somehow Im- improves the charging experience of it. Yeah, so my battery award was not just the biggest battery, but like the best overall battery experience, which yeah. is going to be super long battery life. And then if you can toss in fast charging and maybe wireless charging, that's awesome. And I think that definition might get scrambled a little bit if we get a phone with like a decently long battery, but that just has unreal fast charging. Mm-hmm. I think that could be really cool. So if you get like a 5,000 milliamp hour battery or something like that, it's not the biggest at 6,000, but what if you have that with 65 watt charging and like super fast wireless charging? Isn't that part of the OnePlus 9 rumors? I don't know if it's going to be that uh, big of a battery, but that's yeah. that's potentially I would a way to dethrone. love to see OnePlus actually just put a huge battery in their phone and continue with all the charging hype. I feel like they've always used the charging hype as an excuse to not have a fantastic battery, whereas... Well, part of it is chemistry, uh, where they, in order to make a phone that has that much charging capability, it takes up more space because there's more... I don't know exactly how it works, but if you look at the way they build batteries, there's more capacitors in between the cells and there's more amperage going through the whole thing. So it's just a bigger battery when you have that much voltage. Would you be okay if just every smartphone manufacturer out there just made the back thick enough to the camera, to where the camera (laughs) bump is already? So you're already using, it's already that thick. Oh yeah. Why not just take every phone and even it out with the camera bump that has to be that big already and give us a better battery? You're speaking the minds of many, many nerds over the years. I don't know why I've never just like thought that in my head before, but it's just like- I I have pitched, I bet there's a video of me as a child arguing <laughs> that we would take one millimeter more thickness for better battery. That's, there's no question. Uh, this, was a, this was in the years where Apple every year was like, it's 12% thinner. Look at this new phone. And we're like, Lou bent it in half. It's too thin. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think the charging experience can be upset basically by, uh, if I'm going to make a predict, let's make a concrete prediction. Yeah, yeah we should. My, uh, my safe pick, I guess this is my format now, safe pick, Asus ROG Phone 4. Um, Dark Horse OnePlus 9 Pro. I think my Dark Horse would be like Xiaomi Mi 11 Pro or whatever the successor to Mi, Mi 10 Pro, Mi 10T. Yeah, big phone, Mi big 10 battery. Mi Pro, yeah. Uh-huh. Big charging, big wireless charging. I could see them because they're doing a lot of stuff with charging as well and they're shoving battery in there like mm-hmm. no tomorrow. So I I would, I could see Xiaomi taking it. Okay. Design award. That's like impossible yeah, to really is- choose. Um, if iPhone came at you, no notch. Here we go. 120 hertz. Here we go. Same design, it wins, right? Yeah, it does. Something would really have to be out of this world to compete against that. Here's the thing, though. iPhone probably won't have a port, and can I give a phone without a port a design you, award? You really think that's going to be this year? I do. I really do. Oof. I think iPhone 13 will have no port. Actually, I... St- I'm not super convinced with MagSafe, so I don't think I, w- I could give Mags- something with MagSafe, especially if it's MagSafe only, a design award. Yeah. Luckily, so, this isn't my award show, <laughs> but... I mean, if we if we stick with that train of thought then, let's assume we have an iPhone 13 with MagSafe and no port. 
you probably don't want to give that the design award. So what do you reward for design in this 2021 year? We're going to have a new... We have to make some bold predictions. Yeah, we're going to have a new bunch of foldables, which I think we're going to be really interesting. One is Fold 3, because I don't know where you go with Fold 3. Do you get it? Do you make it bigger? you change the shape a little bit? What do you do? Yeah. And then you get Surface Duo, which we already know we have a yeah. lot of room for improvement. It's a sexy design, but if you can thin up those bezels, if you can make the whole thing more functional with cameras that work on the outside, whew, I, that might be it. I can't see myself predicting Surface Duo because I either think they're going to take a year off and do an insane job in two years, or I think this year is going to be a stepping stone year. I just don't think they can fix enough things from last year to make it the phone we are all dying for it to be uh, in 2021. That's a great I think that's point. a 22 or 23 phone where we are going to be like, wow, I never want to put this down. Here's the, Yeah, I, I think that's also, well, we saw that phone took a year and a half, two years to make, mm -hmm. and it had last year's internals. So if that process plays out again, which, hey, that's my formula. If it happens again, history repeats itself then uh, I could see that phone being a 2022 drop, in which case we disqualify it this year too. So what is the design <laughs> award? I don't know. Um, part of me wants to say like LG Wing is gonna do something really cool next year. There's like, gonna be a Wing too? They're just gonna like make the Wing. They're gonna fix the kind of issues it had, which weren't that many. I just think the overall like materials used and thickness of it was a little off. I think it had cool potential. Maybe people start. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Design award. Yeah. Oh, what about this? What if the Note? This is assuming there's a Note, which I think there will be. Mm -hmm. Note twenty one regular just actually has flagship specs. I think the size of it, and whatever design things they're gonna change to it, because it's like a flatter screen, boxier. Is it plastic or metal? Uh, it's a uh, glass stick. No, I'm, oh just, I'm just kidding. No, no, it's, uh, I don't know. It's like whatever the normal, the high grade, it is just smaller and not that behemoth of a phone, mm -hmm. but that like nice square form factor that the that it had last year, it just lacked all of the good parts of the Note 20 Ultra. Right, so we're upgrading the Note 20 with flagship internals, higher fresh rate screen, and glass back. The good, good. The good build. Keeps the S Pen. Okay. And... Keeps the S Pen, yeah. keeps the port. But is the smaller size, which feels much more reasonable in your hand. And fits an S Pen in the side. Okay. Uh, I could see that. I could see that winning. You and could I'm, see a winning, or could, could you see them doing it? I could uh, yeah. <laughs> well, if they do it, I could see them winning. I, I'm not confident that they will do that. And for that reason, I think we're going to end up giving the design award to a well-executed experiment, like a foldable or a rollable, or a something we don't see coming, Gen two type of improvement. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go crazy bold and say Surface Duo does it. Surface wow. Duo is in the works. They're gonna make a a, a Duo dot one update version <laughs> with thinner bezels, and uh, it's just gonna be the nicest hardware. Design award. All right. Yeah. Okay. You don't sound cool. convinced. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not at all. Uh, but we can go to most improved. Okay. Which, if that came true, that's easy most improved. That right would be there. a lot. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be Z Flip 2. I think they're going to go the razor route of having a screen on the outside that's way more usable. That would I do think, it. I really hope they're going to improve the battery. 
And then other than that, it was a great phone. Yeah. Maybe I mean, they upped the internals a little bit. Right. Flagship. So get the get the triple eight in there. Get that flagship grade. Uh maybe higher fresh rate internal display in there. And yeah, please with the outside screen, make that bigger, make that more functional. And that to me dominates the flippy phone game because that's the thing that Motorola had over it. Uh most improved. Okay. I could see that. Uh I'm struggling to come up with any like better, most improved things. This is the, this is a, this is a hard one. I mean, we said this about every category, but this is a hard one because you don't you don't know what risks are going to be taken. Well, but you can. This one I think is a tad easier because you can see things that just didn't quite work out this year and assume they get better next year. They get um, better at or least they you, drop. Well, you hope that they get better. At least you have those something to you have a base to jump off of here. You're not just totally guessing in the wind because you know what was bad this year. Because here's the risk with Surface Duo. Remember they said they were going to make a Neo also? That never happened. Mm -hmm. Usually when things go poorly, they either have a dramatic improvement or they get dropped. Like Pixel had all these crazy things. They all got dropped. What if Surface Duo did so poorly that it just gets dropped? There's nothing else that Microsoft's doing in the world of smartphones. So I have a hard time believing it would get dropped and Microsoft is just big enough and Mm. uh, like hardware focused enough. I have a hard time... If they drop it, they're going to come out with something else, I feel like. And I, feel I like think that. that's a bigger prediction than just assuming. Do you th- I, I could see them not putting out a duo next year, but I don't see them dropping it completely. Interesting. If Royale can make two phones, Microsoft <laughs> can make two phones. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Man, I'm going to go. I'm going to go off of that path, though, for my most improved. And I'm going to say OnePlus 9T. Yeah. I, I say they, they see what happens with you know their first phone this year, and they also see what happens with the rest of their lineup, and then they make a killer $800 phone. I still that think has, that's in a weird price point, though, when 9 and 9 Pro comes out. It is, but I think it's just going to make the 9 Pro look stupid, basically. I think they're going to make a great okay. 9 Pro, and I think they're going to have a, a 9T or whatever later in the year that's just like, look, we made another 888 phone with a flat screen, and this, this phone is a baller in every way you want it to be, and it has a great camera that we learned from the two previous years of phones, and it's 800 bucks, and that's way better than the 8T was. What about this? What if... They made a 9T Pro next year. 9T And went Pro. back to their old roots of we come up out with a phone in March and we come out in a phone that beats it later in the year. Whereas this year was we come out with our best phone in March and we come out with a phone that's under it later in the year. Because it yeah. used to be like the 7 Pro and then the 7T Pro was better than it. So the 8T, the 9T Pro would be, would be an improvement over the 8 Pro? Yeah. Okay, because we didn't get no, an no, 8T sorry. Pro. Wait, would be an improvement over the 9 Pro. Oh, then it's It'll, not most improved. Well. Because the 9 Pro comes out in 2020. Well, it's very improved because there wasn't an, <laughs> an 8T Pro, so it came out of nothing. I don't know. I just feel like it's missing that. That cat, that like that phone is missing from OnePlus's lineup. It really can, That's what confused me so much about last year is there was no 8T Pro. Even like a couple months after, cause sometimes they like, didn't the 7T Pro like McLaren come out yeah. later and was like 16 gigs of RAM or something? And Maybe it was just a confusing name. They were just like 9T, having people say 9T Pro instead of 90 Pro is just, just call it the Pro. Like we all know what the Pro is. It's a good one. You don't need to make a T Pro. Just I, make it the 10 Pro. I think the confusing thing is that they would, 
say uh, like if we put the nine, it came out with the nine and the nine pro, and then it came out with the, or it came out with the eight and the eight pro, and then it came out with the eight T, which is between those two, but that came out later. So why oh did they God. make a sand, the cream filling of the OnePlus Oreo come out <laughs> seven months after? It just makes no sense to oh me. Oh my God, so, we're so in the weeds right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> why don't you just come out with the better version of it later? Why isn't your best phone the last phone to come out of the year? Fair. Okay. Well, that being said, most improved award. <laughs> I also could just throw this out there. I could okay. see if uh, Pixel Six decided to just like actually give us a flagship and hmm. and base its a uh, like quote unquote success of this year. I like that a lot. And actually have a flagship version. I, I like could that see that a lot. Being most Bring improved. back the flagship Pixel. Mm-hmm. That would be a great most improved award. And don't screw it up. That's the most yeah. important thing. Just don't go really adding don't crazy stuff we don't need. Don't go making those bezels the wrong size. the ultra-wide again. selfie camera back. Give the people what they want. Yeah. Okay, right. I bust, like that. Bust of the year. Oh, man. I'm so excited because I've, I've predicted this already mm-hmm. in a different episode, and it's funny because it's pretty much what you just said you thought was going to be most improved, but I think 9T is going to be bust of the year. You think 9T is bust? I oh. think they're going to mess it up and just make it even worse. It's going to be even more confusing than the 8T. And I think OnePlus is going to start being known as just the March release oh, phones. No. Yeah. It's funny because I could easily see both versions of this happening. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, it's going to be really boring when it's just a mediocre phone yeah, that we can't totally make average. as much fun of or praise at all. That's funny. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the other way this could go is these foldable phones um, just don't get better. Like we had, like, because I'm not very creative or imaginative about okay. like what the next version could be, and like the Surface Duo is just another Surface Duo. That would be bad, right? That would be really bad. Then if, you have to go. Oh, this isn't it. If you had huge bezels and that terrible camera, Again? even if you fixed a couple little things, like that would probably just straight. And up last year's specs, yeah, that would be pretty rough. Yeah, I I could see what Viper said in S21 Ultra coming out again in this year, just not selling very well. But it's like. It's mm. kind of hard to give that bust because it, it is a great phone. It's just like yeah, I mean, so S twenty Ultra was a by. it was a bad phone because it had those weird quirks with especially the camera. Yeah, true. And so it, if you wanted a great phone, you have to have a great camera and a great phone. And so this was a you great should. phone all around that just had a a rough time with the camera and never really got fixed. So. If S21 Ultra has laser autofocus and everything they learned from the Note 20 Ultra, it shouldn't be a bust, I don't think, unless they go wild with that price. So, I don't know. I don't see that being a bust this year. Uh, Red Hydrogen 2. Whoa. (laughs) Out of nowhere. (laughs) Out of nowhere. I'm pretty firm on my 9T prediction. Okay. I'm going to stick with Surface Duo 2 then. Wolf. Which is funny because I, I also I have so that winning. Don't I, I also have it winning most improved and design award? So this is crazy. Yeah, there's I'm, no way I get this right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's literally impossible for you yeah. to get it right at this point. Fair. Um, MVP. All right. Well, MVP again, just for those who haven't seen the smartphone awards, is not necessarily the best overall phone of the year. We've given it to phones that are either the greatest phone or the phone that had the biggest impact or my favorite phone that I just love that it came out this year and I'm so glad it came out. Uh, I've given it to OnePlus 8s. I've given it to uh, Galaxy S20 FE. I am convinced that this year's MVP will just be something that doesn't screw up because there's going to be so many ways 
again, it's like a process of elimination. There's going to be phones this year that drop the charging brick. There's going to be phones yeah. this year that drop the the port. There's going to be phones this year that curve the screen. There's going to be phones this year that fold in half. There's going to be all kinds of stuff that just goes wrong. And I think the MVP this year is just going to be a good, solid, right up the middle, well-priced phone that is just so easy to recommend. If if 9T Pro comes out, <laughs> we're just going to will this into existence, I think. It's every word. It could. Uh, I could see that winning. Even, even if it's not the world that I'm living in where 9T also is the bust. Even if, let's just call it the 9 Pro, even if it's just like one of the two Pro phones OnePlus comes out with, with this year, it's see, got the newest chip and everything. When you have, like last year, when you have an 860... 865 plus? 865 in the beginning of the year and then an 865 plus later, I have a... It has to be a, a f- incredible phone to come out in the first half of the year and win MVP. That's Just because of how true. quickly things are moving. Yeah. Um, so I think you're automatically at a disadvantage if you're in the beginning of the year just based off of pure specs. Like there's wow. a huge chance something gets upgraded later. I never thought about that, but that's yeah. very consistently true. That's why I think a 9T Pro could win because it would come out in October. Gotcha. Um, if Pixel even if Pixel 5 came out of the flagship, I have a hard time seeing it win MVP because I still think Pixel has just never hit that stride of like... Mm, that's where I there. disagree. Yeah? I think Pixel 6, in in my most improved scenario, could win MVP where it finally does find its stride of like nailing specs for the price. We had like a mid-range 799 Pixel 5. We get this year, we get like the... The high-end 888 plus or 890, whatever it's AAA called, plus. triple A plus. We get all the RAM. We get all the software features back. We get high refresh ex- rate. Are you expecting a Pixel to have high RAM? I'm expecting them to really, really push those specs this year eight. because RAM's not super expensive. Yeah, give me eight gigs of RAM. Okay. Give me 120 hertz on a nice display. Give me ultra wide selfie camera. Give me good rear facing camera and decent enough video. And maybe that's maybe and, that's the one. Eight ninety nine. Never speak of Soli again. Never you speak could, of Soli yeah, again. Eight ninety nine. That might be my MVP. There, there's my prediction. Pixel six makes Pixel a comeback. Six. Okay. I would love for that to happen. Yeah. I. That is like a dream scenario where that happens. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Nine hmm. T Pro. There it is. I'm Winning. gonna wish a phone into all kinds kind of, of awards. Phones. These are pretty wishy. Wish yeah. you predictions. I'm almost scared to like tweet our trophy Please. results because they're hilariously all over the place and partially impossible, but we've made it to the end. And if you actually have written down your awards and do want to tweet it at us and you do somehow get them all right, I really will give you the MVP trophy. I mean, the MVP phone. Yeah. I'll do it. So don't we'll forget make to write you a trophy. Uh, you know what? If you do somehow oh, get them all right. Uh, yeah, it'll come late because we can't <laughs> yeah. order it with the assuming someone gets it right. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, yeah, that would be that would be pretty crazy. All right. Well, this was a fun first uh, first episode. I mean, there's a lot of tech about to come out. You mm-hmm. obviously know CES is on the horizon, but also all the Samsung events and stuff coming out. So stay tuned. Waveform is weekly now, as we may or may not have mentioned. So we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. And uh, stay safe. Waveform is brought to you in part with Studio 71 and our intro-outro music is created by Cameron Barlow.
Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.